entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner, a business strategist on a mission, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability. Uh, I want to share with you some strategies that I've earned and learned on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have my guest, uh, Andrea Uvani. And Andrea is like, uh, likes to, let me see if I can get my mouth to work here. Andrea is, is what she likes to consider a full-time optimist, bringing strategies for success in every situation. As a consultant, she not only looks for ways to improve the process and drive efficiencies, she strives to educate the team on strategies and software to make life easier. Oh, yeah. Andrea's background is in advanced industry project management, where she has managed projects and programs that delivered multi-million dollar projects on time and on budget, with never-ending focus on quality assurance. She is a certified business coach and financial analyst. Andrea grew up with a family that owned and operated various businesses across service, retail, and food industries. Understanding the efforts to run a business, Andrea strives to make each client's team more efficient so they can uh, work to live and not live to work. Yay. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast, Andrea. Thank you, Marcia. Happy to be here. Excellent. So gosh, you know, living to work uh, and working to live, you know, those are two different avenues. And I think that's a a really interesting viewpoint on trying to have strategies in, in that work-life balance. So can you talk a little bit about some of the ideas you, you have for uh, living to, uh, what is it, living to work, not working to live? Yeah, so we want to work in order to live, not live to work, because we don't want, our life should not be dedicated all the time to making money or making someone else more money. We need to make sure that we have time for ourselves, time for our families. And every way of doing that, whether you're an employee, a manager, an owner, is to build efficiencies. Mm. So that with your, if it's an eight-hour day, 10-hour day, no matter what you're looking at, you don't want to bring work home. Or now we're working at home, so we get yes, or, separated. We go from our bedroom to our desk, to our kitchen table, to our couch. <laughs> Absolutely. So creating those efficiencies that allow you to step away and know my work today is done and nothing lingering is going to be a fire overnight. <laughs> now, right. that can't always can't always be possible, but we want to do that as much as possible. Exactly. You know, that's a really good point. Many of my customers and clients that I talk to, um, they're trying to work harder to make more money. And I think that that's a big mistake that we do. And it's like, if I just get one more customer or I just um, do that one more thing or spend one more hour or make one more phone call, I don't think that's the right path. No, and I think if they build in efficiencies in their process from you know, identifying who their client is to a final sold product, you're going to see that you know, one, those customers are probably going to come back. And then two, your marketing or the effort or that I have to call one more person, that feeling of having to continuously push the sale stressfully like that is going to start to diminish because you're going to start seeing that more people are coming because there's also the client benefit 
that if you can be efficient in what you do or what you sell, you can be more competitive in your price. Mm, well said. So on a sales side, we can also see that benefit. Yeah. So oftentimes, um, you know, when we're stressed to do one more thing, it comes across in our voice. It comes across in our energy. And that customer feels that fear that we're representing when we're not efficient. Yeah. What do you think on that one? So, and I think that, like I said, you can hear it in some people's voices. It's like, oh, you know, what are you going to sign? Like, do, do you want it? Do you, you know, do you think we can get a signature by Friday? It's like, oh, so do we need a signature by Friday or <laughs> versus your apps? You know, let me know if you have any additional questions, please follow through. You know, maybe I, I'm booking, you know, a month out, two months out. And I'd love to get you on the book so I can guarantee your space comes across a lot different when like, well, if you don't take that space, somebody else will. You know, that's a good point. Actually, yesterday you bring that, you bring this thought to my mind. Um, I was introducing two people and I got caught up on the thread and the, the person I was introducing that does the service was a little aggressive in the appointment scheduling. And the other person said, Hey, just send me your portfolio and I'll make a decision. I've been really busy lately. And so she kept trying to lock down a date and the, um, the, the person that I introduced her to actually sent me a message going, Oh my gosh, she's so aggressive. I don't think I want to work with her. And I think it was just understanding, Hey, yeah, let me give you time to make your decision and get your interest instead of, you know, forcing to go for that close and have that fear in there. Different, different thoughts. Even in, you know, as much as you want to close that, if you pressure somebody and I know like I'm this, if you sit there and you tell me, okay, I need this. I have to do it. I'm usually like, no, you don't really need it. (laughs) And there's a, a human psyche in there where not everyone responds well to pressure. It may work for some of your sales, but for most of them, it's not. Mm, good point. I know I use, I mean, just Calendly, such mm. a simple feature. And when I talk to people, it's like, you know, if you're not ready to do it right now, here's my calendar. Please book a time when you'd like to discuss. And you yes. leave it completely up to them. And quite honestly, most people will at least have that initial conversation when you give them that freedom. To, to work on their time rather than trying yeah. to force that one time going forward. So Calendly's a, Calendly is a great tool. I use it myself and actually I stopped using it and then found that I was playing tag trying to get people on. And I just now it's like everything here, go get my link, go jump on when you can and find my schedule, you know, and I love it. So that's an efficiency manner for both parts. And we're talking about efficiencies and and making sure that we're doing the right things. What are some of the other tools that you like to recommend? So, I mean, Calendly is great for booking consults and discussing um, whether it's a new client or you're bringing somebody on with, you know, additional resources within their team. They can look at that together and say, okay, my whole team is available on this time. Mm -hmm. But beyond just that scheduling efficiency, I really like using pieces of software that everyone can access. I don't care so much for um, a lot of the proprietary pieces. So like when I do um, document sharing and tracking with my clients, I do as much as I can in Google Docs. And that makes it so easy. If I create a tracker, and I, I have a tracker that's been used on a $300 million project, that's a Google Sheet. That's amazing. And 
we go in there and we can put in an entire project schedule and then we can create our weekly work plans. We can do a change order a log, a constraints log, issues, corrections. I mean, we just different tabs or different logs and we can see what the schedule is going to look like, when it's going to change. And I plan it down one or two weeks at a time. And part of staying efficient in seeing progress is having your progress defined in a way that when something goes wrong or something doesn't occur in the time frame you wanted, that you can actually identify when it's behind before it truly impacts your schedule in the long term. Uh, and planning. <laughs> you're speaking yes. my, you're singing my song. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And like going through some of that, it's like a lot of people are just, well, okay, I have three months to get this done. And then two and a half months in, they're like, wow, I need another four weeks, but you only have two weeks left. So I breaking it down week to week to week. And that's what this, I mean, that's what this Google sheet has. You know, it looks like a Gantt chart. It looks very similar to your P6. It doesn't have some of the start to finish, finish to start um, ties made because it obviously isn't P6, but any client I work with can access it. And obviously if there's other, if the client uses a program like P6, we'll jump in and use that. But not every client I have is large enough to say, okay, we have a dedicated technology platform. So I don't want them to lose out on those efficiencies just because they don't have that type of money in their budget. So I kind of went with that too. I think that that's a great point, being flexible in it. But I think it's essential to have a program management um, software of some sort, like Google Docs or like I'm getting into uh, Freeder or free something or other someone hooked me up with because rarely do you work alone. You know, you're doing something and then you're asking your customer to do something or you're asking your team to do something or you're asking a contractor to do something. And if you have it all in one place, then it's easy to say, okay, here's how we're working. And it's a simple, easy to use product, but you can get that stuff done faster. You can track it and watch it. I'm loving this idea. And I think I need to use it a lot more. And I mean, talking of just having that program management piece, I mean, you can do Google for free. Mm -hmm. You can do Google for a business is like $6 a month. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And if you do um, even like Microsoft Teams, it's $60 per user per year. Nothing. I mean, and you have access to add all of these integrations. You can do a planner. You can do your Teams chat. You can do meetings, different buckets of information so that in different file structures within that single program. Mm. So whatever program any, a client needs to use, my recommendation is to choose one and run with it wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Yes. No need to have multiple pieces on there. You know, um, it, it makes, it reminds me of corporate world. So coming from corporate, which many of us have at one way, shape or form, Um, You know, they have this big mass of like, you know, the chained emails that everybody needs to know what's going on and communicate and do this. We don't need that mass, but we still need the structure in place as a small business or entrepreneur. You still need that structure in place to be efficient and make sure all the team and and participants are made aware of what's going on. So great point. Great point. That's like when you're, if you're doing a channel in Google or a channel in Teams, you know, you can tag the people who need to know, but everyone can see it. 
Yeah. So you're still creating that same um, corporate copycat in a way that's not so in your face, but you can find the information when you need it. And another great point that you brought up, um, not everybody needs to be involved. Some just need to be able to be updated. Some need to be decision makers. One of my leaders uh, calls it Razzie. Um, You know, you have the right to veto. You have the right to, you know, make decisions. You just need to be notified. You just need to be, you know, um, uh, uh, announced that it's happening or something, you know, so there's. Your responsible party. Yep. Usually your managers, executives, you have your accountable party, the one who's mm-hmm. actually doing the work. You have a contributor, somebody mm-hmm. who may have a piece of it, but is not primarily responsible. And then you have those who, have, who just need to be informed. Yep. Got and it. Having those defined early on is part of that efficiency. Systems and processes, we've got to have these to make things work more efficient and effective. So I'm loving these ideas. And these are things that people don't think about, especially in the small business um, world where they're wearing multiple hats and, you know, they're not thinking like a corporate and you have to think like a corporate, even though you're small. So this is really good stuff. So Andrea, what else um, do we need to know about, about being more efficient in our business? So I think the, we touched on it with this racy, you know, mm-hmm. not, you don't just need a job description. You need to know what you're responsible for, what you're involved in, and then what you don't need to touch. And mm-hmm. I think that's an important piece sometimes. You get people touching things that aren't theirs. So understanding your swim lane and staying in your swim lane, but then knowing mm-hmm. when you need to jump in and help. So that accountability on that side is very important. The other piece that I think would be equally important is defining what success looks like. And this is what I find a lot of people haven't fully defined. And then they wonder why they're not seeing success because they don't know what they're really looking for either. So So what is your KPI? If you say, I want to be a successful business in 2021, what does that mean? <laughs> so how do we define, define that? that? <laughs> what is it really? What are you looking at? Is that a you know thousand hundred thousand dollar company? Is that a million dollar company? Is that two employees, ten employees, six employees? Like wh- what? How do you define that success? Yeah. And then also in building out that success, you want to always have improvements. So you can't just say I want to get better. Well, what part of your business do you want to get better at? And how do you want to define? what better means. So a lot of times I look at people, I'm like, if you're doing, um, providing a product on your production manufacturing side, you don't want to say, okay, I just want to crank out. I want to do 10% more, right? Okay. 10% more is great as long as you're not losing quality. So you need to look at both sides of that too. You can't just do more and let your quality slip, you want to hit more with the same quality. So we need to look at your KPIs in the sense of, okay, I'm going to do 10% more production, but I want going to maintain a half a percent deficiency. By the way, KPIs are key performance indicators, just yes. in case. <laughs> just <laughs> in, those, in case. I know we've spoken about it before, but just in case. Yeah. So you know, having that true definition, and that doesn't just help the entrepreneur, it helps everyone in their team. The mm. worst thing is, you know, so see, even looking at kids, I need, I need to make sure you need to behave. What does that okay. mean? 
Yeah. So they come back, they climbed a tree, jumped in a mud puddle. You came back and you're mad. And they're like, why mom? I behaved. Well, you got dirty. Well, you didn't tell me not to get dirty. Right. Right. <laughs> so like, setting clear expectations. Ah, yes. So valuable. <laughs> a lot of times I tell people, I'm like, pretend you're explaining these goals to your children. Clearly without talking down. Yeah. Without talking down, but clearly define what that expectation really is. Cause, and I mean, you've probably done the peanut butter and jelly ch- sandwich challenge where somebody tells you how to make it and you purposely <laughs> make it exactly as they tell you. And if they leave on a, a critical step, you just, you know, sway it as much as possible. That's the same thing where a lack of understanding is going to change your instruction. Mm. So, and it's going to slow your efficiencies down and it's going to cause rework. Um, rework uh more people that didn't need to be involved in it i mean what what is our biggest expense in in business is human capital and if if you're not managing clear expectations setting clear rules giving them the tools that they need to be efficient and effective then you're wasting money yeah and it's even funny i mean getting clients to sign on they're like i don't know if i can afford a a consultant it's like i don't know if you can afford not to have one because mm, that's a big conversation. If you look at how much you're going to save down the line, look at your one year savings when you're doing more without bringing on more people. Mm-hmm. If you can increase your team efficiency. So if you have a team of 10 and you increase your efficiency 10%, that's one whole salary <laughs> that you didn't have to bring on in order to bring 10% more, more revenue. Such a great point. And I don't think business owners really look at the numbers like that. They they think, oh, again, that fear mentality of, oh, I need to get more business before I can hire somebody on, or, oh, I need to, I can't afford that consultant because, you know, um, uh, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to perform and give me the results that I want. I think the flip side of that, like you said, is you you can't afford not to. Because here's a, here's a perfect example that, that I've used many times is that you can do your own accounting and save $100 or $150 an hour, but it's going to take you 10 hours to do what that accountant could do in one hour. Yes. You're going to pay for the years of experience and that knowledge base that you don't have internally. I mean, if you do have it, great. Utilize it. But then also, like I said, if you're going to increase efficiencies across the team by creating a process setting clear expectations and defining those KPIs. I mean, that process is going to become more efficient in itself. And then also remember that we always have to have a continuous improvement Ooh, and that falls, and a vision. Yep. And that falls heavily in technology as mm. the technology improves. You need to look at what your process can improve. And that's the same thing with having Google or Microsoft or any other project management platform. How are you going to utilize it to your advantage? And we can't get stuck in the, I'm going to make my plan perfect before Mm -hmm. I execute it. Mm -hmm. Get a plan, start running with it, and then start making those instrumental improvements along the way. Get a little, be a little agile, right? Everyone hears the terms agile. And we look at, you know, Six Sigma and Kanban. And those have all developed because we understand that you're not going to make a three-year improvement in one plan. You're going to make incremental improvements, and you're going to continuously get better. Mm, so that's, I like that. You know, looking at not having success, and you're not going to have overnight success. No one does. 
even the people who appear to have overnight success have been working hard for who knows how long. <laughs> right, right. Nobody does it alone either. So here's a good point that you brought up um, about uh, even efficiencies in hiring someone or technology and everything on there. Um, it, it hit me on a, on a on a point that you don't have to have you don't have to buy the big product, the big technology. You can use smaller technologies to get you to the same result without spending all of that. You don't have to hire on a CFO in the business at 180000 a year. You could get them on fractionally. You don't have to hire employees. You can have virtual employees or contractors if your state allows you know, if it matches with the state laws. I mean, there's so many variations you can do to grow the business along the way and still be efficient in your costs as well as your time and energy. And that's a perfect, perfect point to add in there. I mean, you can, you don't have to have a full-time bookkeeper. You don't have to have a full-time project manager even. Um, Project management as a service is growing and that's, partially due to the remote element mm-hmm. and having somebody, you know, you know, you have three projects that need a little more guidance. Okay. So a project manager as a consultant can come in, work with your team on those projects for three, five, 10 hours a week. Fraction. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to see a tremendous increase in the efficiencies of those teams and those projects just by having that extra input and not even looking at this as, you know, sometimes, depending on the team dynamic, a third party comes in and they're like, okay, we, we're going to listen. Sometimes it's the, this person needs to come in and be part of that team. Mm-hmm. So identifying that team dynamic early on is also going to be part of that success. And that's, um, you know, I don't know if you've, I can't remember exactly the statistic, but it was something like for every hour of planning, we say four hours of execution. So sometimes it's that initial input into the team. Where are they now? What, what is their current stand standpoint mm-hmm. before you dive into how you're going to manage or implement or bring in a new process is also going to be that same thing. If you just jump in and say, here's my process and here's how we're going to do this. They may one already be halfway through that and you're bringing them backwards. They may be in a completely different trajectory and you need to realign them. And that's, you know, hiring a full-time PM to come in and do this may, you know, each PM is going to have their own ways and we can bring somebody in and say, okay, just let's, I want you to do this. Or we can bring somebody in and say, evaluate and give us our best guidance. And that fractional PM, fractional employee, contractor coming in can take a little bit of time up front to develop that. And then we, the more you, they work with the team, the more the team understands this. And it's not a, I have to commit to this contractor for the next 10 years because now they're my PM. It's so they're going to commit for a time frame, build those processes, build those improvements, work with your team. And then as your team grows, then you bring on that full-time PM to take over those processes implemented across your teams. You know, um, that makes another great point here is that, um, you know, most of my business owners, when I first meet them, they want to cut to the chase and jump in and get going and, and make fast results and, and get that growth. But they forget to step back and go, okay, we need to get the system. We need to get the plan. We need to get the right person in the spot. We need to do a couple of 
preparatory um, actions before you can launch. Like, you know, you've got to test things. You've got to try things. You've got to strategize and plan about it. And, And that good point of saying, hey, I need to bring a project manager in, or maybe I should bring a project manager in. Let's not just have them come in and do X. Let's have them come in and go, what would you think on this? And get their get their input so so that the time that they spend doing it is much more efficient and effective, right? We yes. keep coming back to this, and I'm loving this conversation. Yeah, and th- there are going to be some instances where you you just I have to triage my projects, and I need somebody to help me right now. Right, but now. most yeah. of the time, that little piece. I mean, maybe okay, you come in, salvage this for me. And then we build that process and we're going to work on that because I mean, even as a consultant, you know, I know I want repeat business. I want people to come back to me time and time again because, but I want them to come back to me to continuously improve, not to, not to become groundhog day and just do the same thing over. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, part of our commitment to our clients is not just to do something for them, but it's to teach them how to do it better. Mm, and allow them to it. grow it. And and business owners, you really don't want to be in a position where you're reacting and putting out a fire. So a little bit of pre-planning and organization would allow that. Now there's always going to be fires, but if you find that you're constantly living in reaction mode and you're constantly putting battles out and fires out and fighting this and pushing to get that done, then you probably have a, a systems problem that needs to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just, you know, maybe the issue is, you know, the project process. Maybe it Mm. goes higher and it's an executive process. Maybe your departments are so heavily siloed and that communication between departments is not there. So that's part of that, you know, figuring out that process goes beyond just the project. We really need to look at the whole picture, the entire organization, and it is going to be incremental. We're we're not going to come in and solve this overnight. Mm, right. You didn't, you didn't get fat overnight. You can't lose the weight overnight. <laughs> I love the diet analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got to find that balance in there to, um, to, to get the, the, the results that you want. And, yeah. and it takes time and energy and effort, but it doesn't take a ridiculous amount of time. No. It's just getting the right people, the right systems and processes, the right tools. In yeah, place. And, buy in. and buy in. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's a yeah. whole nother conversation, um, getting employee <laughs> buy-in on it. But I think, you know, just to kind of give a, give a piece on that, and I'm sure you'll agree that if you have a clear laid out strategy and plan and you can articulate it to your team, your team's going to go, okay, I know why we're going and where we're going and how we want to get there. And then, like we said in the beginning, if you set out those pieces, they're going to be able to follow them and you're going to have greater success. Yes. And biggest piece on buy-in, I think, is understanding of what and why. So what's expected, why it is, and 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 then those touch points. I mean, this is again, this this setting clear expectations and, and delivering on those is a whole other conversation. Yep, but this that- has been really good. I'm I'm loving this conversation. I think it's really important, especially as we're we're kind of moving into the end of the year and preparing for, you know, a future better year than 2020 was. Um, not that we're time stamping this, but 2020 sucked, um, <laughs> you know, for, for so many different levels. And now to be able to say, okay, maybe it's time that we reevaluate the, 
the the efficiencies that we have in ways that we can become leaner, um, do more, um, be more productive, and uh, you know get do more with less. Right? We're finding that we can do so much more now by working at home and and being at home um, due to being forced like that. But we can continue this momentum of being efficient um, through twenty twenty one. And I mean, you, less commute time. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. always the bonus too. But yeah, these efficiencies are definitely something that I think we all need to grow on. We all need mm-hmm. to further educate ourselves and just go through some of the process of that self-education or having a, you know, a short-term consultation to say, here's where we think some of those problem points are and deciding what the right path is for you to move forward. Exactly. Time is money, right? And if, Absolutely. We can, if we can make more time or, or spend less time, it will efficiently, effectively create more profit. Yes. So. And that's the whole thing. We're going to build efficiencies. We're going to increase that revenue, increase that profit, and do more with less. Love it. Love it. Andrea, where can, where can listeners find out more about you and your, and your company? Yep. So it is the Moray Group. Uh, it's themoreyg.com. And I'm on Instagram as the Moray G as well, LinkedIn, uh, Moray Group. So Moray is spelled M-O-I-R-A-E. So the Moray And if you, we go on the website and you go to resources, one of the things that I love to send people is the Lean Planner. And this is a lean planning guide. And there's also a Google Sheet that has a you know, one week, two week look ahead, as well as a pull planning digital version that, you know, allows you to put stickies on your Google sheet and really kind of play with how your schedule is going to fall out. And I mean, I love it. another piece that we can dive into for days. <laughs> <laughs> love it. You know, it's all about, it's all about managing the expectations and the time to be able to make things work out a lot better. So thank you so much. Um, listeners, this will all be in the notes, all of her links and, and pieces, and then go get that planner by all means. Oh my gosh. You definitely want to have that out. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, thanks for listening listeners. Um, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable and considering what's happened to businesses this year. Now more than ever, it's more important to update your business plan and it's not a fluffy business plan. Um, that sits up on the desk or on the shelf and grows mold. It's it's an actionable, tangible business plan. So I encourage you to check it out, get some ideas from it. You can always find me and get my six tips to survive and thrive in today's market. And then I'll have some business planning tips on there and my opportunity to give and help you as well. And you can get that at failproofbiz, that's B-I-Z dot com. And so Andrea and I would love to hear any questions you have, um, feedback, or even ideas for future shows. Please comment and subscribe to today's podcast so that way you can get more great information. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with it. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you, Marcia. 